Welcome to the Cryptomaniacs Podcast. Join Taskmaster 4450 and John G. Olson each and every week as they dive into the crazy world of cryptocurrency. If you are new to crypto or you've been through a few bear markets in the past, this podcast is for you. It's time to start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to another Crypto Maniacs podcast. Uh, always streaming for your viewing pleasure on Vim.tv. And uh, we are also on Twitter because uh, we love Elon or not. Uh, hi, Task. How are you, sir? I'm pissed off. Views is slow. I've been viewing and my viewing pleasure got messed up because Blaine decided to go geek and mess something up on the back end. And now it takes like three seconds for a page to load. I can't stand it. I, I'm sorry. But other than that, I'm just chipper. I another day on the high blockchain. How can how can you be upset about that? It, it's like the Garden of Eden without the trees and the snake and the without animal. everything. No right? naked people. Well, omnipresent. You know, it, well, the show's not over yet. Uh, you know. <laughs> Ta task is is looking for for the for the NF and uh, what is it NSFW. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, then I could get my viewing and like my porn in at the same time. It's like Jeez, a pain now dude. that I, I do these views and I get all these high posts, which are wonderful, but it's like everybody's clothed. It's like, wait a second, there's something wrong here. It's like, well, we had D porn for a bit. Yeah, I guess that uh <laughs> yeah, that one didn't quite work out, did that it? Didn't, that didn't go very well. I, I we, before we get too much into the uh <laughs> Let's, John, let's John, is this like the right time for me to insert the cummy token? What's that? Yeah, that's all. That was like a year ago. Token, I haven't maybe. heard that for a year. <laughs> it's been a very PG show, and it's just gone downhill in the past like minute and fifty-five seconds. Uh, Crimson Clad is with us. Her first time on the show. Uh, one of the OGs of the blockchain, and uh, honored to have you. And oh, uh, looking forward to diving into the wonderful world of I don't even know what this is. is this crypto is this blockchain is this madness uh, i was well, gonna i was gonna say insanity for sure yeah 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 <laughs> definitely definitely insane we're, we're sitting here talking on on a computer on a box right like we're not we're not in a room with other people we're just sitting here having conversations with a screen it's great yeah, nothing uh, nothing nor you know there are no real girls on that. the internet not even one no yeah. real girls <laughs> what i've learned in my time here uh, yeah i learned that the hard way uh, anyway, I digress. Oh um, you know, uh, well, it's uh, anyway. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, uh, we, comedy, we were welcoming. Uh, porn. Oh, viewing and driving uh, applications. And then we got whiskey and Belimo and vodka and Brian of London and wine. And uh, just put in the comment section what you like to drink. I think this is an alcohol show. Um, you know, headed up by an alcoholic. But, you know, anyway. Teach their own. <laughs> Crimson will drink for the both of us, John, because I got you. It'll happen. At some point we'll just we'll take a shot before we dive into something really a difficult question. 
Well, <laughs> let's 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 we'll go we'll go easy right now. This is this will be this will be a fun. Wait, one we too. have difficult questions. Wait, look at who's know, asking dude. the questions. <laughs> when I start giving tech advice to block trades, you know it's just like you know we're smooth sailing. Oh, wait, I wait, missed wait. that one. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, block <gasps> trades was having trouble signing in, so John was like giving them technical advice oh. how to sign in, and I'm just sitting there laughing, saying. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, I have Apple products because it's literally one button and I can't screw it up. So yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's let's uh, <laughs> let's get to know Crimson Clad. Uh, your history, how you got to this madness, insanity, uh, and uh, you know how how you came to find uh, crypto in the blockchain. Um, well, I live in Vancouver, so I live on the west coast of Canada. It's a really ETH-centric town. Um, so I would say like my my entry into crypto, interestingly enough, was actually Ethereum first, not Bitcoin. I had heard of Bitcoin, but at that time there were rumblings of, you know, Larva Labs was based out of Vancouver. It was just uh it was kind of the thing. The the crypto punks were there, and that was sort of how I uh I kind of understood the magic internet beans. Um, so I did. I got into Ethereum at $15 and I'm still poor as shit. So that should tell you about me in general as a trader. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, the interest for me began sort of lying in distribution. And another one of my friends had mentioned, hey, there's this website and you can just post stuff and you might get some crypto. And that was very fascinating to me because... Honestly, I still, I, I was absolutely one of those people who are like, I understand the concept of crypto. I see the impact of crypto, but somehow none of those things and I never collided. Did that make sense? Do you know how adoption yeah. is working right now where even there's overwhelming evidence that, you know, Bitcoin and, and different types of blockchain technology and Web3 are absolutely advancing you know digitalization of our lives and yet these people are like but nah that was where i started but a friend said hey there's this website website called steam it i don't know how we feel about the legacy uh blockchain name drops but that so that's where i started that's and i went there and i and i um i i'm a photographer in my spare time you know i do a lot of artsy fartsy junk and i thought okay well neat I'm going to share travel photography. I, I don't really care if you know me, but I want to show you the world. And then, well, if I get some crypto, that'd be real cool. And I would say after about the first week, fascinated, hooked, all of the things that probably all of us use when we talk about why the heck we're still here. And it became this madness is going to be the recurring theme of the show. Maybe it's just I'm the lowest common denominator today. Uh, but it was this wild descent into ravenous learning because, wow. you know, a first couple of my posts did quite well. Uh, you know, people were coming to comment. One of them was Gandalf. He was the most amazing welcome wagon on Steemit. And I started looking at his posts. Now, if you don't know who Gandalf is, GTG, he is one of our top 20 witnesses. He's an incredible coder. He's an awesome, interesting person. Um, so, you know, he came, he commented on my posts, talked about cats. I clicked on his and I'm like, what is a node? What is, what is he writing? What is this code? And from there, it just became a wild, um, it became a wild ride of just sucking up all of the knowledge that was available. And, mm. uh, and so within, I guess I joined in June of 2017. So I was in sort of the big rise of that first 
glimpse of social media on blockchain. Um, And yeah, by the next year, less than a year, we had found ourselves in consensus witness position. Um, And I stayed there until just recently. I have been really involved with a lot of volunteer work or outreach work, ops work, uh, both to be quite honest for Steemit um, and and sort of their team unofficially and and sort of the community that was actually really propping up their team. And of course, when that all went to hell, immediately became involved with the direct creation of Hive. And uh, and I'm still here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fascinating because actually my fifth year uh, five-year anniversary on the blockchain is going to be tomorrow, actually, December 7th. Congrats. Um, and Half a decade. Like, well, it, it, yeah, it's crazy, right? Like, we're not, we haven't been doing this at all for any amount of time. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, TAS joined 2017. You joined 2017. I joined. Yep. It was like this. We weren't there at the beginning, beginning. No. But we were there during that kind of like, it, just like you said, the excitement, the, oh, my gosh, wait a minute, I can I can post stuff and get paid for this i can get some crypto for this it was yeah it was mind-blowing to me um but uh it's a good story and uh big shout out to vancouver uh i'm a fan i spent all last summer uh there uh i'm a huge fan of vancouver but uh you need about 25 ethereum a month to pay for rent there apparently so uh yeah, yeah it's uh <laughs> oof. housing here then they're, they're not gonna take crypto they want your cash Yep. And if you don't have cash now, you don't have a house. So yeah, it's yeah. it's rough. It's a beautiful place. I, I was noticing the uh, the Oilers cap there. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I'm I'm yeah. I'm a tra- I'm a Toronto transplant, but I live mm-hmm. in just outside of Edmonton now. So, um, but I I love Vancouver. It's a beautiful place. Tasca, there's actual palm trees in Vancouver. Did you know that? No, I didn't. But we got mm-hmm. there. I can see them outside my window. It's 81 yeah, degrees by the way down here, John. You're in Florida. I mean, that's it's, it's a big deal when you say there's palm trees in Canada. Saying there's palm trees well, in Florida. It, I mean, that's a factoid I didn't know. I would not have guessed. I mean, I know there's polar bears in Canada. You're in Canada. <laughs> there's Canadians in Canada. There's Trudeau, Trudeau's in Canada. But a palm tree, I wouldn't have guessed. So you learn something new. This summer uh, in Vancouver was hot enough that we had, you know, people plant like decorative banana trees. Uh, they tried to make fruit. So, you know, probably, probably nothing, probably fine. We went from, you know, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know space numbers, but like 30 degrees Celsius at the end of October to first, second week of November snow. We just didn't get fall. It's not, it's not it's my Canada. favorite. Canada. It's the best. It's the best. <laughs> Uh, so um yeah you um you you were part of the the move from steam to hive i mean you were a big part of that and um do you want to maybe because <laughs> we all have our stories about that <laughs> do you, you want to share basically what that was like and you know did you lose hair did you like freak out a couple times did she uh, lose hair look oh, at her head times. Well, yeah. i mean come on john it, it's like you think everybody coming on the show is going bald no. I mean, well, maybe they're just there's there's a theme. You're looking, you know, you've got a nice space and expanse there, looking real sharp. I, I should try it. We'll see. I'll get a filter. Talking about it's shiny. Know. I'm trying. It's I'm awesome. trying to find like how do you really like 
talk up a bald head. It looks good for you, but I mean, I don't know what. Like, what's a what's a we've feature? Been, we've been on the air about two years. We've been trying to figure that out ourselves with no success either. So, well, that's why I'm growing my beard because I'm like, oh, it looks good on you. Know. But yeah, in, in terms of actually sitting down and writing out sort of a value proposition, uh, g- give me a minute. <laughs> it might take me. It might take me a bit. We'll get there. Um, what, what value do bald heads bring to society? <laughs> I'm gonna. That'll be come the back. I'm gonna come back to that. next post on Pete D. Well, if you Look see how often, if you see how often I post, maybe, maybe don't hold your breath on that one. But yeah, absolutely, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, all of the most stressful moments that I can think of in the last sort of X years of my life have been blockchain related. It's so, <laughs> it's so fascinating how quickly it envelops you and you become. A, a real sort of integrated part, not just of the community, but you you actually feel like a part of the blockchain uh, yourself. And it's it's quite interesting because even, you know, I was talking with the Q team and they were laughing at me because they said, well, describe, you know, describe yourself in relation to Hive. And I was like, I'm, I'm part of the furniture. Like at this point, you just shuffle me around. I'm always there. It's, I have serve a purpose. I'm, I'm constantly in the background and quite a useful thing, but just, I've just been there so long. I come from every move and you just kind of bring me along with you and, you know, use me as you see fit, which we'll leave. We're going to, no, we're going to leave that. But, uh, <laughs> but it, I will say. See how we started the show. It probably is better to drop that one. Like I said, lowest common denominator. It's just, it's, it's an unfortunate reality of when you, when you decided to have me, you opened yourselves to the possibility. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, John accuses me of that. He says, you know, every time the show goes downhill, Task, it's your fault. It's you saying something. And it's like, well, uh, it's not him this time. I have to yeah. say, maybe blame full force radio, maybe. Um, but so I will say. I'm going to blame. Uh, we'll blame the airlines. Why don't we do that? Yes. Zero sleep. F you Air Canada, because I'm not sure how we are on the bleep button or what you guys, how you guys handle that. So, oh, you can say, oh, fucking Air Canada. Okay. So, anyways, (laughs) just, yeah, I've been having a morning. So, you know, if if you see the the hamster is turning a little more slowly than it should be, well, well, uh, just, you know, give me a bit of time on that. Um, But, you know, yeah, the creation of Hive, it was, um, I always kind of like want to tell the story in a really inspirational way. I always kind of want to play it as this um, it sort of what it looked like from the outside while it was happening, because for everybody looking from the outside, it was the most incredible show of solidarity that anyone had ever Mm -hmm. seen. But of course we had to sort of have that MVP. We had to have the idea in place before we could say, Hey community, please trust us enough to come. Like you have to stop and think about that for a second, you know, steam it and the steam blockchain and everything that was happening with Justin's son, we had just come out of a steam fest for where the first time the steam it Inc team kind of came along and really, you know, was involved in getting to meet people. Like we were in this crazy part where communities were just being announced and things felt for, I think the sort of, average user in the ecosystem, things felt really solid, really Mm -hmm. good. There was Mm -hmm. this tone of anticipation. Meanwhile, in the background, things were already just absolutely on fire. 
We didn't know it at the time, but the Steam and Ink deal at that time, November for, for Steam Fest, you know, became High Fest. Uh, that was already a done deal. Some of those Steam and Ink employees didn't know that, you know, in a couple months, they would just be handed off like property to Justin Sun. Like it was a it was a horrible thing, but it was also right. this great time of anticipation and, and joy. Um, and so when the deal broke, um, there was absolutely a real flurry of activity. Um, and in my perception of it is somebody, I don't write core code. Um, I'm a coder, but I'm not involved with core code for Hive. I, you know, I review it, I look at it, I understand it in as much as I can as somebody who works in the repository, but I'm not, I'm not a contributor. And, uh, and so the biggest part for a lot of us who maybe weren't actively working on how do we scrub, you know, um, naming conventions and variables that are pointing back to the, what, how do we choose a new blockchain ID? Jesus Christ, what are we going to call this thing? Um, for me, the big question was, will people join us? What if we do this and nobody comes? Like, what if they say that decentralization is so important and we go out on this limb and we make ourselves all targets and we blow up this thing that they love because make no mistake, creating Hive, while is not an attack on Steam, it certainly was with the intent to simply leave and take everything of value with us in a voluntary way. Right. And it's very, it was very stressful at the time to think that, you know, we were going to create a thing based on absolutely nothing but our community ties and the things that we knew that everyone else loved so much and were so worried about having, you know, I guess dissolved with this new Steam deal. Uh, is that enough to make you jump ship on something that has all your friends, all your post history, and potentially is earning you money, is, is earning you cryptocurrency? Um, so there were a lot of meetings preliminary, like in a preliminary fashion where we're talking about how are we going to write about this? What is the tone of this? I mean, it would be so easy to focus only on the negatives. And for a while there, we did have to because we thought, let's try resting control back. And, and so if you're not familiar with, obviously you guys are, but if you're not familiar with the story and sort of how things went, there was a period where it looked like our community witnesses, even without the extra help from exchanges that Justin Sun had, we're actually going to take back control of consensus, even though he was actually leveraging locked up customer funds across a number of exchanges, installed his own witnesses, had control of Steam and Inc.'s dev fund. The uh, stake that was brought to bear against the community was immense. And it mm. still looked like the community, every little person that was, you know, these people who say my vote means nothing, my stake is so small, everybody pulling together in, you know, in the direction of these values, quite literally kept that at a stalemate for a week more. Mm -hmm. And it looked like it was actually going to become finalized. Um, so there was this really interesting period where it was like, uh, is this for nothing? Do we keep going? Do we fight for steam? What? What do we do? If I could jump in here for a second. Absolutely. Uh, to, to, to give a little backdrop. Hive went live <clears throat> March the 20th. And from Isn't what it? my understanding is, I heard there was about seven weeks spent coding. 
And like you said, uh, Steam Fest was, I think you said November. We'll, it we'll was. go with that. I, I, I don't know when it is. And so Justin's son, I don't remember exactly when it came live, but if we go from March. February 14th was the March. announcement. Valentine's Day was when Valentine's he and Day. Ned yeah, had their little that. love fest video that they told everybody what was happening. So, I mean, think about that for a second. February 14th, just okay. not even from code, just okay, from the announcement. Because, and Mike, Mike, the point I'm trying to get to with, with you is we had block trades on, you know, a number of times, but the first time he was on, yeah, he, and of course he ended up ha actually, as it turns out, he had word of what was going on because he, he had ties to, to steam it Inc. himself. Yes. Uh, so he immediately, Justin's son, no Moss, I'm out. I mean, he, yeah. he played the game publicly, but behind the scenes, he had already checked out and yes. there were others. Then when it became public, I myself, I'll speak for me, but I know a lot of the community was like this, where it was like, okay, let's wait and see, you know, not necessarily on should we do something or don't, don't do something. Let's wait and see what the hell this guy is. We know his reputation. It doesn't take a lot to figure it out. If a couple of Google searches, you're there. But, hey, let's see. Maybe this guy has, uh, 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 is going to do something. Maybe he'll do some marketing, whatever the case may be. Um, where did you fall on that spectrum? Did you like, when you found out Justin's son, were you like, you know, no, 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 and get out of here. Let's see if we can exit stage left. Were you in part of the, oh, Justin's a great guy and he's going to market the shit out of steam and make this a wonderful place. Or were you somewhere in the middle saying, ah, let's see which way this could go. Where, where did you personally fall when you started to see all this going down? It's a very good question. Um, in the discussions that needed to happen to push us towards the creation of Hive and in my true heart of hearts and uh, my private messages, incredibly anti-Justin son, incredibly yeah. pro-community. But what ended up happening is it, as we sort of raced towards this and we had our first meeting with Justin son behind the scenes and, you know, all these things, um, it was for me anyways, my contribution in a lot of cases was writing what uh, writing communications about the creation of Hive, working with exchanges behind the scenes to get a token pre-listed that didn't exist yet. Um, but a lot of it was communications. And so this is something that I do in my real world career. And so one of the biggest things that sort of for me anyways, if you read some of the, you know, hey, Hive is coming articles from that time or, you know, things like that, um, they're incredibly positive. They really don't focus on Justin's son. And it's not because he wasn't important. It's not because he doesn't suck and people should be really aware of the way that he approaches crypto. But you have to remember that you are approaching an entire group of people who have no idea what's happening. Just one group of people that they perceive to be decently powerful because they're witnesses or whomever. And one person who is a crypto gajillionaire, if you listen to him, these are, these are people <laughs> playing games with a thing you love. They are holding your heart and your wallet in their hands and they are tightening their grip. And so, you know, if you read a lot of the, the posts and articles and things like that, um, and even my forward-facing discussion with people, I would always say, well, I'm, I'm definitely not in support of Justin's son. Um, and I actually, I, there were some flip-flops on whether or not I felt like freezing the dev fund was correct, but 
in all cases, um, you know, the very strong anti-Justin Sun uh, sentiment that I had, in a lot of cases, I ended up kind of having to dance around that a bit because it's not a good way. Our brand story and the creation story of Hive is so important. And it's not important because somebody shitty attacked us. What's important is how we responded to that attack. And the crypto world has never and potentially will never see an entire community say, okay, you do you, we're leaving. And they will leave everything and pick up and go. It is the greatest leap of faith. And it's a leap of faith in a proven technology and a mm. proven set of relationships. Um, but it is still an incredible leap of faith. And so for me, even now, when we talk about this, Justin Sun was a catalyst we needed. I wish that nobody went through the lawsuit, going through the lawsuit. I wish that exchanges didn't have some of their relationships harmed. I wish that people who never made it over to Hive didn't feel abandoned or resentful. I wish none of those things happened. But overall, there is there is no way that a world without Hive would be better than where we are now. It's impossible. This had to happen. Um, so it's it's a fascinating place. Personally, Justin Sun can eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> but when I talk I, about- I think he wants that based upon his, some of his posts too. So, I know, I mean, right? not judging, but it's, he put it out there, not us. He did. He really did. So that's kind of like, it's been always sort of in the back of my mind is when I go out to places and I talk to people about Hive, when I talk about the technology or when I, you know, discuss why is it that, you know, you don't have to just say, come blog and get paid because every Web3 project right now, that's their hype call. It's not blog. It's just come here and we'll give you free money. Mm. None of it is sticking. None of it is building communities that are resilient. You will see a hype community based on an NFT that you aped into that's going to give you returns. You know, in bear market, everybody's living their best, or pardon me, in bull market, everybody's living their best lives. The community looks super strong. Two days into bear market, it's gone. Everyone is still here on Hive in bear market. So why, what's the difference? Because if the money is not wild, it's not you know, raining down from the heavens, what is it? And mm. it's everything that Hive encompasses. And all of that comes from that origin story of everybody here has a set of values that we share, even if we don't have opinions that agree. We have a set of values that we're interested in, but we want to be able to make our own choices and be free. Voluntarism is at the core of crypto, but it's certainly at the core of Hive. Um, and it's just... It's nice to kind of, here we are, years on, multiple hard forks, not a shred of code from the, you know, legacy chain left, uh, to say, well, I don't know, who's Justin Sun? Who's that guy? In relation to Hive, he matters not at all anymore. Well, not he, he actually, nice. he actually was our, our greatest ally because, like you said, we, we came within a smidgen of pulling it off. And the the thing that I I think set it over was the the using of of exchange funds against the community, but either way, 
I mean, I write and talk about now and analyze, uh, you know, trying to take things to the next level in the financial aspect of things. Right. Uh, obviously, a big focus has to be on um, security, safety, vulnerability. Are, how are we opening ourselves up, especially with HBD, you know, after UST? Where do we have ourselves open to attack? And I could be wrong on this, but as I've mapped it out in my mind and I've put pen to paper and tried to figure it out, because we moved the um, pre-mine to the, the, the DAO, and that cannot be used against the blockchain. Neither can the exchange funds because it's 30, 30 day power up time before you get any governance. As I've went through the number of just floating hive out there and then looking at what what is staked already and stuff like that. Unless somebody's able to run about 12 OTC backroom deals with freedom who nobody knows who the hell that is but you got to get block trades you got to get they call me dan you'll have to get marky you'll have to get a bunch of these people stake which good luck getting it because quite frankly i don't think dan's going to sell out for well either dan block trades or or they call me dan is going to sell out for anything they'll they'd rather see it go to zero i think than sell out uh you know just to somebody for somebody to attack the chain so from that perspective and and i think you the way you're shaking your head you agree with me I don't think Hive can be attacked in the same way anymore. I think the money attack is pretty much gone. And even if somebody does pull it out, pull it off, we prove it. We'll just say, fuck you. We'll, we'll leave. Fork them. <laughs> Put a you know, fork in said it. I rewrote the code once. I can rewrite it again. It's it's such an interesting topic because you are. You're really sort of fiscally, financially, um, economically minded. And that's not always my strongest point. And we touched on that earlier. I probably should be a lot better off than I am, but I'm one of those for the tech people. Uh, no, no regrets, kids. But, uh, you know, that is a really great point. But I, I agree with sort of a caveat. And that is, we're in a system where, obviously, please don't attack. That sucks. Don't be that guy. Uh, but also, our governance system is, listen, if you want to change things, get some skin in the game. So yeah. it's not even about attacking. But as you say, you know, if you really, if you really were like, this is the thing we got to focus on. I want to make sure the DAO is going to the projects I like. I want to make sure my witnesses are number one. Then you are going to have to step up and you're going to have to put out. And the reality is, that immediately starts lifting token prices. It starts cleaning up li liquid hive and, and all of these things that come with it. So on the way to potentially, I suppose, attempting an attack, there is this zone where you're simply, you know, stepping into participating in governance, but you have to you have to really step into it. And it still has a positive effect on the network because oh, at oh, this yeah. point, without those founders tokens, like you say, they're not available to someone. You can't get at them. You can't, you can't have those. Um, it is, we're the closest thing to, we are a truly decentralized ecosystem. We don't have founders sake. We don't have sort of the sort of Damocles hanging over our heads anymore. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, it's quite fascinating because now it's, I don't want to say an invitation for people that, yeah, sure. You know what? Come on in, try and try and do some pen testing with your money. But it is really like, yeah, okay. If you want to have a big voice here, 
then all of these people have spent five years building up their stake. All of these people who started by blogging with 30 cents worth of hive who are now hitting a thousand bucks, 2000 bucks, 5,000 bucks, who are now hitting, you know, 50,000 hive simply by years and years of carefully tucking it away, playing games, supporting their friends. These people have all of the guts. They have all of the motivation. The only thing you can bring into the ecosystem is something on par with that. You got to match it. You got to come in here with the same energy we have, or you need to come in with some money. So what do you got? Yeah. And, and there's two things that come to mind as you're saying that first thing is, yeah, if you come in with a money attack, we've already proven we will live by the code. Fuck you. We'll fork yep. it. And in the process, you'll make us rich as shit because you'll drive the token price up. And so we'll leave with a whole crap load of money and we'll fork it in and just change the code and change the name. And just, you know, within 60 or 90 days, all the apps will change the APIs and we're, we're on our way again. Uh, but it's funny you mentioned and, and, and that is an interesting point where you, you spun in and got away from the, the hopelessness, uh, if you will that people can come in and have an influence. It does take time. You have to build stake, uh, whether it's through your efforts or through your uh, uh, buying of, 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 the of the coin. But I found, and I was a nobody when I showed up. I was one of those people. I wasn't even getting 30, 30 cents a, a post. I started out and, you know, getting 0 0.002 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, but what I found is with Hive, Hive at the base layer is very slow to change. And that's a good thing because you don't want that base layer changing because somebody has a, a whim or a hair up their butt. You, you want it to be very slow, very stable, very steady. But I've noticed for, for me is I'll write a post and I'll end up having to write six posts about it over six months because that's how ideas start flowing on Hive. You throw out the idea and you say, here it is. Then a couple people read it, half the people disagree or three quarters of people, a couple people agree. And then you keep doing it and maybe you can drop it and uh, they call me Dan or a block trades reads it or somebody like that. And it's like, well, yeah, that might work, except we got this, this and this. And then you take the, what their feedback and you throw it in our post and say, OK, here's some optical obstacles. How do we overcome? And ultimately, that leads to people saying, yes, we'll build it. And what I'm finding now is a lot of my ideas, it's like, yes, we'll build it, but we're not going to do it on the base layer because some project team's taking it and doing it on the second layer, which, as we know, that also ends up sometimes feeding into the base layer, like the 50-50 rewards. The first one I recall doing that was Leo Finance. They switched to 50-50, and like the next hard fork, we put it on high because it proved to be effective. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's how things operate. And it's not very fast. It's not very efficient, but it's designed to be that way. But anybody who comes in and like you said, puts in the energy and, you know, people come in and say, well, I wrote three posts and I didn't get highly rewarded. Well, like you deserve it. It's like, well, I wrote, I write good stuff. Well, I don't give a shit if we put gone with the wind on the blockchain, it doesn't matter. It's like, you have three people on the show here who've been on high for five plus years. And that's just it. If people put in the effort, if you put in, John and I talk about all the time, when people complain, my response is always saying, go leave 500 comments, then come back and talk yeah. to me. Because if you leave 500 good comments on 500 different posts, you're going to get somebody's attention. 
And that's what it is. It's you have to put in there. There was an old um, saying I remember when I was in lead generation clubs, when I was in sales and it, the, the motto was givers get, you mm. have to give first. You want, they call me Dan to pay you attention. You better prove to, they call me Dan. You have the same dedication and loyalty to hive that he does. And you're not here just to, to, to see what you can get out of this for six months or a year, then disappear. And that's what a lot of us feel because that's the approach we take. It's like you said, our home. And another point I want to bring up, then I'll let you let you comment on it, is this goes back to the idea of network states. Because like you said, when we left Steam, you know, it becomes like a country. It becomes like where you live. It, it becomes like where you reside. And I think this is going to be, you know, you being a, a techie person, you understand this. I think we're going to start to see this more and more as we delve much deeper into the digital world in coming decades where, you know, where I geographically live, who gives a shit? It's like I'm in my Facebook community or I'm in my Hive community or I'm in the community on Hive. I'm in CTP. I'm in this. I'm in that. Whatever it is, that's where we're going to interact. And because of tokenization, these become their own economies. Yeah. 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 Techno tribalism is essentially what it is. I mean, previously yeah. and, and exactly that the network state, you know, before the internet, your network was who was within the, uh, short walks from your village. And then how, how far could you get in the day by a carriage with your trade goods? And then, well, if you went into the big town, to you know uh, go once a month for a fair or whatever and so our network has expanded over time and it often goes hand in hand with technology and then we had the internet and you know i am one of those people i sit at home and i knit tea cozies and i don't know anyone else who does that but i went on the internet and i found a, a bulletin board and all of a sudden there were 30 other people who do nothing but knit tea cozies and now we get the knitted tea cozy club and we love it well, maybe, yeah, we don't have a place to sell our designs or share. Our... So this evolution of the network, this idea of the hive um, is exactly that. It's this expansion of our reach. And these are the things when I go out and I, I always want to don't want to say lecture when I lect when I lecture about hive. But when I talk about hive, you know, these she's are the gonna, things. She's going to whip out the bottle of wine next, John, or some high end. Chablis. Yeah, exactly. You got you yeah. to drink with your pinky. My... <laughs> yes. Drink with your pinky. Yeah. Obviously, I'll do my my shot with my pinky up. Um, <laughs> it, but yeah, it, it, that's what we talk about is why, and it comes back to that very first thing that we were discussing is why are people here? If it's not the mad money, Jim Cramer, you know, cow noises, fart sounds, you know, bags of money dropping out of the ceiling, why are people here? And it's right. not just because inherently there is an economy. That's a good thing. That's a great thing because it opens this up to be accessible to a lot of people who are, that's their focus. But for people who are making friendships or building followings or learning skills, these are very valuable. Value doesn't have to equate to a token and value certainly doesn't have to equate to a fiat dollar value. That's just it. Why do we give a shit about anything? And where people gather, marketplaces form. Those marketplaces on Hive aren't only about Hive tokens. Your amount of followers, your wallet address, your ability to play a Splinterlands game. You and I, we're sitting here right now. I see your name. We connect. We're playing Splinterlands in the background. I know I'm playing. Like, all of these things that could be happening um, that have absolutely nothing with 
give me one money, please, are incredibly valuable. And they are part of why people are retained in this ecosystem. Um, and to me, it is the basis for all the stuff that does become economically viable. When businesses want to come here, what's a big value proposition for them? Well, you've got a bunch of people with unique usernames who will immediately be able to log in and play your game using assets that they don't have to buy because they've probably already built some up across other similar games or from posting. You have a captive marketplace who is incredibly receptive to anything that joins our ecosystem. That's just one look at it. Um, so it's it's a fascinating thing, uh, and it's so positive in my mind. It's it's such a it's such a self sort of sustaining flywheel, mm. and uh, it's one of those things that you kind of mentioned that like, well, we could just fork it, we could just run, we could just take the API and go. And it's true, but in some ways, it also lets us. Well, we don't have a base layer that moves really really quickly. It does let us iterate. Um, for businesses especially. They could come in, they can use a public node, they can connect to existing infrastructure. They don't have to figure out, what do I do to keep somebody's password safe? What do I do? Just, nope, we'll connect with Hive, you know, Hive Signer, Hive Keychain, Hive Authentication Services. We'll make something available. We'll make a post about it so people know about it and people will jump in. And now we can make decisions based on our company in a granular way. We can use all the best features of the blockchain and we can compete and say, here's all the things that we're doing as a centralized company that make our product service great. And people will give you feedback on that. And you can iterate quickly. And like you said, if they do something right, if they get something social or valuable correct, then we can start saying, that's it. Let's make a proposal. Let's get somebody working on it. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. It's a really great system. It is. Yeah, and I think what what really makes it, it the the points that you brought up about the the engagement, the interaction, these non economic uh, or non financial aspects, tokenization allows us to capture that value. Mm -hmm. So the engagement, for example, I have a question, I throw out a question, you provide an answer. Yep. We have an engagement. We have a connection because I asked a question. You had some knowledge. You provide me with feedback. You shared your knowledge. I have the knowledge. The monetary value of that was zero. But if I go on to a Reverio now and I say, I have a question, I post a question and you hop on there and you answer the question and somebody else comes by and upvotes both my question and your answer. Now we just monetize the sharing, you sharing your knowledge with me. And you know, ActiveFib, we had uh, McFarhat on a, a little while back. And, you know, that was one of my favorite apps from the start because it was so simple. It, it's, it, it rewards something. It incentivizes behavior to take care of your health, get your butt out, do some walking, move around. Don't, don't sit around just staring at the, the laptop all day or, or whatever. And that's what we have. We have an incentivization mechanism, which yeah. is open to whatever you can dream about, to, to, yeah. to whatever you can apply it to and innovate, it's there. And we also have the reward system. So you incentivize the behavior, reward the behavior. And from there, like you said, all of a sudden something comes up that like has an economic impact. And it's like, oh, I can participate because I got all these tokens that I earned for walking around or, or for playing this game. Or, you know, all of a sudden I just sold a Splinterlands card. Don't let John hear that. He gets upset when people dump their Splinterlands cards. He, he, oh, he, he's a 
you know, you guys were talking, and there's something that, you know, and we mentioned this, I think, last week, Task, about the one account for all your social media. And this is what's so powerful about Hive. You, you were mentioning, you know, like you, you play Splinterlands and you see someone's name, for example, that you actually know from the blockchain. And there's a connection there. And this is what I do every now and again when I'll play, say, Belimo or something like that. Like, I will literally smack talk them on Twitter after, like, I beat them. <laughs> and it's, that is like that is built into the chain. Like that's what's so cool. Uh, I, I smack talk Belimo on Twitter and I don't even play Splinterlands. Well, dude, you, <laughs> you don't yeah, have you, to play Splinterlands you to talk smack really, to Belimo. Dude, you guys have really weird conversations. Like I'm, it's really. He starts it. I just. Yeah, he does. Yeah. We'll blame him because <laughs> he's not here. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's remarkable because uh, again, like my history is from online business, affiliate marketing. And you know, it's, it's taught in that industry that, okay, you got to go build a following. Yep. in this social media platform okay here i go off to instagram oh but wait there's more tiktok okay here i go to tiktok oh you need a fan page on facebook okay here i go to fa it's like you got to go to all these different places and then you've got to stick out like a sore thumb because there's so much noise there it's ridiculous yeah. unless you're mr beast good luck getting followers on on youtube uh but here on hive it's like apps can plug in so you you have that on the base layer of actual relationships community like we were talking about and then it's a lot less work for entrepreneurs again why i found the blockchain in the first like why i got here was because i saw it right away okay this is a great way for me to tell my community go focus here use yeah. the apps and this is something this is i'm leading into a, a question here um <laughs> uh use the apps actually use this stuff because it's a lot easier to get a following on hive and the apps in hive than it is to go to tiktok which brings us to one of the, the apps we're using right now. And you are a big fan of this because you're all the time on it. But Vim, yes. um, like Huge this is the, like, okay, hey, go, go to Twitch, go to Twitch and, and start a, start an account. Okay. Well, you got to get all these check marks to, to get monetized. You have to get this oh, amount yeah. of followers, this amount of view time, this, 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 and you have taken your show and plugged in being a product of the product and started using an app on Hive. Uh, yep. Maybe touch on that, like what it's been like to kind of, not saying you don't focus on other social media stuff, but focusing on Vim, building I that don't. following <laughs> and using the app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally fair. Well, and you know, I, I'm going to kind of call back to, you guys are mentioning like, if you come here and you make three posts and you're like, uh -huh, nobody paid me and you flounce. Stop and think about any social media. Go to YouTube. Mm -hmm. Make one video, make the best, make the most amazing video you can. Put it on YouTube. Wait, go ahead. I'll give you six months. Let me know how that goes for you. The reality is we, we like to pretend that Web3 is a new space and, and everybody, you know, it's just going to be magic and it's going to be perfect in every way and it's going to solve all the problems. But the reality is it doesn't matter whether it's Web3 connected or not you have to have a product that someone wants. And the nice thing about Hive is it does kind of equalize that in that there are valuable contributions both from a creator and a consumer. And that's a big difference when we talk about YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, whatever else is out there. Uh, the only thing that matters is we need to retain a few good creators and then we just need to ram advertising down whoever comes through. Creators are tenuously you know, uh, tolerated. Consumers are chewed up and spat out. You as an end user, as a non-creator, 
are literally the most important aspect that they need to make money. And you are also treated like an absolute piece of garbage. You are bought, you are sold, you are manipulated, you are experimented on, and you own nothing of everything that they've done to you at the end of it. It's infuriating. Damn, suddenly I feel like an old hooker. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> just, I think they got some exercises for that. You just come on around to him, work that muscle out. Um, but you know, it, it, that's There's what it is. a visual we didn't need. <laughs> but you went there. I know, I did. I blame not Belimo. Me. I'm, I'm me. blaming Belimo. This is the Blame Belimo show with Crimson Clad. <laughs> I like it. But uh, so, yeah, so for me, it's, I will say, in a traditional sense, it has absolutely hurt my reach in terms of like when people go, Well, how long have you been on YouTube? Well, I don't know. Um, four years? something like that how many followers do you have uh, 200 i don't know because i never really go there focus there um but of course on hive thousands thousands of followers i have you know incredible um strong community who have learned here are the places that i use that i hang out here are the things that i'll be providing and do they want to show up and participate and what do they get out of it and um you know hive has allowed me to kind of go vim first and so with my own streams and my own shows you know we built ourselves a little sort of baby decentralized radio station and we use i use vim and I often, when I'm talking up, where do you want to watch or hang out or interact with me? It's always Vim TV first, then it's Theta TV, which is another blockchain powered solution. And then it's Trovo. And Trovo is, you know, a mobile first streaming option. But the reality is, is I would just like for people to remember that you are being taught that these big pieces of social media, that's where your friends are. And if you don't go there, you won't have friends. Right. But that's a lie. You're being taught to go there because they desperately need you to go there and they are not giving you anything in return. Even if it's something as simple as not having your followers removed and waking up on one day on, on Twitter and a person you followed yesterday, they've been magically unfollowed or a tweet that you liked just disappearing or on YouTube, subscribing to a channel and finding out that channel's gone. Like people always think about deplatforming and censorship, uh, censorship, resistance from a creator side. And that's important because obviously those are the people who are immediately impacted, but they forget there are entire groups of people who have formed communities around a creator who are just as strongly impacted by these issues. And it is really, really upsetting to know that literally just yesterday I followed, I followed John and I come around today and he's gone. I really wanted to read that post. What? I, where did it go? How come I can't see it? What? I'm very frustrated. That's, I got to meet Taskmaster through John. Now I don't have that connection. I can't look him up. I don't know anything about him. It's uh, all of the work that you've done, even as a consumer and not a consumer in a monetary sense, but a, a content yeah. consumer, all of the work you've done, curating, right. picking relationships, finding things that matter to you, you know, building a knowledge base or an enjoyment based set of relationships someone can just walk by and be like you don't need those watch or, what we want or you it's to an watch. information source for you maybe the person to you know give yeah, you, you the learn. information you need i i think what and, and this expand on what john was saying and, and carrying into what you're saying what i really like about hive right now with with views coming out yes, with congrats, real threads, what's that 
I said, congrats, by the way. Yep, Leo Threads. Um, you know, uh, what, what, what's the end? I can never, like it too. Like um, too, yeah. You know, Instagram. we got all these apps that are fo focusing on different areas of traditional social media. Obviously, we got the medium style posts and we got three speak. We got them. What's forming here is actually a great plethora of social media options. When you say content creators and content consumers, when they start showing up, it's like you have access. In, and this, is, you know, views has been out a week. And for everybody who says, oh, people just shit post. Go through views a week like John and I have probably each done five or six thousand views in the last week. I have no obsessive. life. Um, yeah, and we have no life. Uh, and by the way, I'm a prime example where you can be on Hive and still have no friends. But then I'm a jerk. So that's understandable. Um, but there is a lot of wonderful content. OK, maybe it's not content that's worth a twenty dollar upvote. But there is a lot of wonderful content. There are a lot of great photographers, a lot of great pictures, and people sharing experiences in Thailand and, and Hong Kong and, and Colorado and wherever. And this is really something that I see as the foundation going forward. We can talk about a lot of stuff with Web3, but the simple fact of the matter is give us another six months to a year. I think I will just sit there and say, oh, that social media got it. Oh, that we got it. That we got it. And like going back to what John says, oh, I just used my same login and I got my following of, of 2000 followers in every single one of these applications. I don't have to start a new. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because uh, I did an interview. I guess it would have been earlier in the year. And I don't remember where I was going. I was going somewhere for Hive. But uh, I had a stopover in an airport in London, and I was on a, a podcast with some other sort of a roundtable podcast with another uh, chain. Maybe not another chain, another chain project. Doesn't matter. But that's exactly what was happening is the host was like, so tell us about your, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, you guys, that's new? We have that. And it was, it, was, it was a little difficult not to be smarmy because it's great. There need to be more options, all sorts of options, every type of option competition and cooperative competition especially is very important but it was like the first time they were talking about soul bound tokens i'm like yeah we got those you got badges for achievements for anything and everything you can't trade them you can't buy them you just have them and they're attached to you for life and it's voluntary you don't have to you know have them you don't have to kind of opt into that program you can do as much or as little with your account as you want and you know oh well we do you know such and such a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hive's been doing that for two and a half years already. <laughs> you know, and uh, and furthermore, here's how we handle it. And everybody's, oh, and, you know, it's really hard because you don't want to you don't want to step on somebody else's work. But it is it always does kind of surprise me when I get into one of these situations where people are talking about here's the forefront of utility. Here's the forefront of what true social means. Here's what Web3 stands for. And it's like. We have it. They're we all playing catch up. They're all here. They're everywhere. <laughs> so frustrating. Throw a, yeah. throw a dart. You got it. Uh, so, let me ask you a question for with, with your techie background uh, a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, last hard fork. Hard fork 25 slash 26 or 26, 27. The, the two of them combined there. Uh, yeah. What about that hard fork excites you? Oh. Good question. I have to say one block irreversibility was a big one. I know that's mm -hmm. kind of like a silly small part of what was, you know, quite a wider overarching uh, hard fork. But that one to me is the one from a technical side 
makes a lot of our dApps and the way they are doing things, games in particular, way safer. But also because let's face it, we are used to an internet of things that is fast, not even a social internet. I want to walk in my door. I want to look at my, I'm as a tech person, I actually don't have a smart home. They terrify me. But for example's sake, I want to walk in, my phone's going to tell my geofenced smart home that I'm home. It's going to turn the, uh, temperature up in the bathroom because it knows I like to poop at a certain temperature. My music's going to come on. The lights are going to come on in the room I'm in. I want this now. It's the same thing with social. I want to send you a message. You need to get it. You need to give me an upvote. It needs to fast, 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 fast. That's what technology has done for us. Blockchain, part of the trade-offs, we always used to say fast. Hive is fast. And Hive is comparatively very fast because of the way that we you know, propagate and sign and witness blocks. It's always been fast. But in terms of a seamless user experience, when we talk about social media and we talk about games in particular, if you're not thinking about them from the blockchain side of it, but you're just used to playing in your browser or, you know, going around on Facebook, there is a speed with which things happen in a centralized database that you are accustomed to and you're already accustomed to it. So when you come to a front end that you maybe don't right away realize is blockchain connected, if it's a little bit slower because you've got to have, you know, three to six seconds for the block and then potentially a round for irreversibility and, you know, whatever else. And games, same thing. It's very important that a block becomes irreversible, especially when there are finances, tokens, assets involved. That slowdown, we forget for someone who's, you know, a normie, we don't like that. I don't want to wait. Why is it spinning? Why isn't it refreshing? Go. And so one block irreversibility being as fast as it is now, games and front ends, if you have been around Leo Finance, and actually Leo did some work ahead of time to optimize this, but Leo Finance or Peak D or you play, you know, Splinterlands or any of the games, Rising, any of the games that we have on the blockchain now, you do something, it happens, and it's irreversible. So it's okay to show it to you. For a while there, we knew the likelihood of this transaction becoming irreversible. Yeah, it's going to happen. So we would cheat a little bit and show you something that technically was not locked into the blockchain yet. It's not best practice. It's great for user experience. It's not really why we use blockchain. So here we are after this last hard fork in a place where, yeah, one block irreversibility. Three seconds is now sort of the top time on average, about one, one and a half, 1.8 seconds. That's on par with the experience that you expect anywhere in an app, a mobile app, a phone, whatever, you know, whatever you're interacting with, that's what you're expecting to happen. Our blockchain is now performant in that way. So if you want to come here and you want to create a competitive game and you want to make sure that users' assets are safe or, you know, your business is safe because you're talking about transactions, but you also don't want to piss your users off because you've got a constantly spinning wheel or whatever, we can provide that now. Doesn't seem like a lot, but in my eyes, it's a really important part of recognizing where the people who don't love the same things about blockchain that I do, where are their needs being met? Because we know for a fact, if you don't get satisfaction in one way or another from a service that you're using, you just won't use it anymore. It's too slow. I didn't like it. And you go. Well, I will tell you one area where you do accept slowness and you are not impatient. And that's in the financial world. 
mm. because you send a check or you swipe your, your visa card or whatever. And think of how long it takes the financial system, the traditional financial system to settle. You know, yeah. if you're going across border, it could take weeks. And what I like about what you're just talking about, one, one, one block irreversibility, is we took what was fast, like even, even Bitcoin, when it takes yes. two days to settle and still fails, that's still faster than the banking system and BIS. Absolutely. But we made the, the, the settlement 1.8 seconds globally. Any transaction you do on Hive, like you said, the max time, three seconds and change, max. Yep. And we settle any transaction globally in a max of three seconds. It can't be reversed. Where the hell else in the financial system do you have that? You don't. And now we have the financial system, like you said, paralleling gaming and the user experience of the digital world where, like you said, three-day wait time to get approved for something in a game isn't going to fly. That's not going to be a very successful game. Yeah. For 30 seconds. I was complaining to John that before the show. Views is slow. It's taking like three seconds for a new view to come up. I was going nuts. I was If I had any air, I'd have pulled it all out. You know, because I don't want to sit here and even wait a second. It's like I want to press a button and a new page appear. I yeah. mean, that's how we're, we're programmed. This isn't dial up. I don't yeah. need my pictures to show up over 45 seconds like in the dial up days, you know, and that's what we expected. Now we have that with not only the apps and the games and, and, and we have that with finance. It's like mind blowing. It is. It really is. And and I was at Splinter Fest this year and uh, I was there just to kind of, you know, give an intro, John, shout out, talk a little bit. Don't cry, John. She was at Splinter Fest. Don't cry. Yeah, and she's Canadian. So she got across the border, no problem. But I'm not allowed. Well, that, that that's because what I told Biden not to let you to come. I mean, we don't want that, I John, didn't get in our my... country. Yeah. And yeah. actually, it was only uh, there were some changes to the rules. That made that easier, but I still couldn't go across by car, so I had to fly. It but there's a lot of there's yeah. So weird. It's it was really really dumb, and actually there were some rules like same thing. Like I would be allowed to, I would be allowed to fly directly into Brussels to go to High Fest, but I would not be allowed to fly directly into Amsterdam. So I flew into Belgium, and Archange, bless his soul, came and got me, drove me across the border totally fine. I just can't fly in, you know? And, and so for me, we're not going to get on that route or we're going to be here for another three hours, but uh, consistency and policymaking is really important for people to, you know, either trust or not trust your policymaking, be fucking consistent. Uh, but so I was at Splinterfest and yeah. I was there mostly because one of the biggest things that is the coolest that I love about Splinterlands in general is that there are a lot of people playing Splinterlands who have no idea it's powered by Hive. And, uh, you know, the the schedule changed quite a bit and I ended up getting up on stage and realizing they need you to talk fast and then they need you to get out of here. P.S. Here are the things you can't say, here you can't. Let's go, have fun. So I got up there, you know, threw the card away. And one of the most interesting things was, as I kind of looked around the audience and I was talking to them and I was saying, listen, I want, I want to send you some money. I don't want to make this about money, but I need you to understand what Hive can do. I want to send you some money. Come talk to me if you are a Splinterlands only user. And I did, I sent out, you know, 10 bucks, 10 bucks, 10 bucks, 10 bucks. And people's minds were blown because it took less time for me to open my phone, grab keychain, look at their name, 
send them some, then it would have liked to go get my purse, ruffle around, count out some chair or whatever. And it was the same thing. Here are people that I am meeting who have come here from Japan, who are here from the Philippines, who have, you know, didn't actually realize outside of Splinterlands tokens that there are other related blockchain tokens that still have an impact on their journey. All these things, no idea. It was fascinating. It was one of my favorite parts of being there. And I mean, it was a great event, um, but that's why I was there. It was just, hey, remember, there are lots of you who supported and have grown and have become the pillars of Splinterlands because you know Hive, but they are a DAP that is doing what we hope for, that network mm -hmm. effect. They're bringing in people who don't know blockchain. They built a good game that people like. There is a lot of interest around it and people are joining in and building up crypto assets without realizing it. So those are the people that, yeah, you have the wallet address, you have the account, you have all the potential in the world. What do you want to do? Because Hive will let you do it. We, we uh, often discuss this concept and I, I parallel it to, I mean, you, you obviously know Amazon Web Services and I'm sure I've known them for years, but they really only started advertising about five years ago. But most people didn't realize that they were using a, and are using Amazon Web Services every time Everything. they turn on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yeah, well, I spent four hours uh, on Netflix. Well, you use Amazon Web Services four hours a day, um, mm -hmm. but they don't realize that. And John and I are both in agreement on this. We think the future is the apps. Splinterlands is the example where people come in, they don't even know what is powering it, and they don't care. They yeah. want to play a damn game. They don't care about anything else. But I think the key hook is going to be when we have the, all these games and we have all these, these social media apps and all this other stuff, I think the uh, sign in with Hive or log in with Hive or some type of, of thing like that, that will be incredible because now that's something people understand. Sign in with your Google account, sign in with your Twitter account. Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't have a Hive account. What do I do with it? And like, once you have it, it's like, oh shit, I see all these, all of a sudden, it's like, like you don't know, till, you don't see red cars till you buy a red car. And then every car you see is a red car. It's like, damn, where do all these red cars come from? Mm -hmm. And it's like, all of a sudden you, you start to see, and you get this Hive account, you play, you use this app and it's like, all of a sudden, everywhere you go, it's like sign in with Hive or log in with Hive, log in with yep. Hive. And it's like, oh, man, look at all the stuff I can do with Hive. Yep, and I think that's what we need to work towards. Absolutely. Oh, I'm definitely in agreement. And I kind of look at it um, often when I when I talk about this, it's I look at Hive sort of as this meeting place for sort of four disparate groups and end users. It is developers. It is speculators. And it is like business owners and manage product managers and entrepreneurs. And those four groups kind of come here and you just got to choose like, what are you in? Are you just sort of an end user where you want to play games? You don't really care about the blockchain aspect of it, but you reap some of the benefits in terms of potential earnings and true ownership, or I hate all these things. I'm going to be a speculator. I'm going to buy tokens. I'm going to treat this completely as a solely uh, fiscal financial crypto asset. Cool. Have at it. Internal market, external market, just holding for interest, holding your HBD for interest. Sure. Go ahead. You got lots of options. Maybe you make enough that you start diving into the others. Same thing. So, you know, when we kind of look at it, there's all these opportunities that tie back to that same idea. You don't necessarily have to know a lot about blockchain. Um, and it's always tricky to lead a conversation with like, well, what does Hive do? Everything is a crappy answer, even if it's an accurate answer. It doesn't help people understand. And so 
when we kind of come down to it, we don't necessarily want to say Hive does everything. We want to say, well, Hive powers all this. It's a very different way of looking at it. You're saying the exact same thing. But now here's some here's some choices. What, what catches your eye? What do you do? What do you already recognize? Which of these things appeals to you for one reason or another? And you are saying, here is everything. But you're putting it in a way that contextualizes it for somebody who doesn't know why blockchain is important to them. They don't know why. They don't want to be lectured why. They don't want to research. They want to read a book. They don't want to listen to Krim get up on a stage and them for a long time. They don't care. Ooh, neat game. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. And all of a sudden that, oh, neat game will get, you know, 150,000 users because yeah. it's like 150,000 people look and say, oh, neat game. See, there's another thing that I think is very interesting that kind of parallels us. And it's Elon Musk yeah. and his takeover of Twitter and, and, and understanding his background with PayPal and what he what he Put, he put he he actually before he had his master plan part one two and three with with Tesla he had master plan part one with PayPal yes and he wanted PayPal to become the largest financial institution in the world and all his partners said no we're going to do a payment system so get out of here Elon but he is bringing that idea to to Twitter mm. and so he's bringing the financial component or will bring the financial component to Twitter in whatever way he does. And I'm a believer that this is actually parallel in what blockchain does, because blockchain by its very nature is distributed ledger technology. It has the financial component. It has the wallet system. It has the medium of exchange transfer of value. And Hive is bringing, as we just said, the social media aspect and the combination of social media, especially on Hive, decentralized social media or however you want to call it, and DeFi. I think is a natural marriage. So when we start to look at this process unfolding, as you said, you're involved in Splinterland. Well, guess what? You can't have, you cannot help but to be involved in DeFi in some way, shape, or form. You start blogging, you start Leo threading, you start using views, you start to do all this stuff. You use Reverio, you use any of these apps. You're automatically, yes, you've got your social media aspect, but you're already immersed in finance because guess what? There's the tokenization capability of all this different stuff. And you just, you spelled it out beautifully where you don't have to be a massive content creator. You don't have to be a developer running a witness node. You don't have to be designing your own application. You don't have to be a business person who puts together a team like three speak is doing to create this wonderful. You can just like, do any of it. What, it what What can you do? I don't know. I can sing. Well, turn on your webcam, sing, and post it. You know, yeah. now you're it, a professional singer. Do you like movies? Go to Cine TV and, and do a movie review. Everybody can be a movie critic. You know, yeah. that's, the, that's the opportunity here. And guess what? If somebody doesn't like your stuff, we can't take it down. It's on the blockchain. It's there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's such an interesting process of knowledge transfer. All of these things are knowledge transfer, even if you don't think about it as a learner or an educator. Um, Hive, <laughs> there's been more than one time where I have referred to Hive on sort of less uh, tight, tight wound uh, podcasts or interviews or whatever, where I say, listen, it's a gateway drug, thousand percent. 
you will come in and you will do this thing that looks a little interesting. Maybe some of your friends tried it. They kind of liked it. And, you know, you don't have to know what you're doing, but you get high, you get a rush, you get a thrill. And unfortunately, in, in the real world, a gateway drug, real bad, that's awful. But in our world, it's a fantastic option. So maybe maybe not a gateway drug, but the gateway crypto in that here is a single mom from Venezuela who was like, I sometimes post on social media, sometimes uh, because I make an amazing arepa. My recipe is incredible. And uh, on the two days a month when I have internet, you know, I'll teach other people how to make them. And now it is, well, I came here. I, I have more recipes. I found people love my recipes. They want to talk about my recipes. I made a whole bunch of new friends and I can buy the ingredients the next time I make this recipe. And then she goes, well, sh now that I have a bit of money and I've thought about teaching these skills to other people, maybe I should invest that money. I'm going to go over to Leo Finance and I'm going to read because I don't know, but uh, there's a lot of info here. Oh, it's attached to Cubdify. Oh, oh, all these tokens that I have, maybe I can do something with them. And it's just this really interesting sort of, it's, it's the incentivization to learn what you want, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Self-starting, self-learning, and uh, lifelong learning is so incredibly important to our development as humans. And we do it, when we get older, we're not quite as curious as we used to be. In most cases, we know we're not it all. as primed for learning as a young child is. Uh, but the way that we learn as we get older is either through the influence of other people that we like or hate, or through tasks that we already enjoy. Those are the, the sort of contextualizing ways that we absorb knowledge. It is a whole ecosystem here that is full of knowledge, fun, tasks, familiarity, but also really esoteric knowledge. And you will in just absorb little bits of it as you move around naturally. And all of it kind of comes back to regardless of what your goal is, regardless of what your sort of levels of understanding are, the outcome is you have people who are constantly, slowly learning to be a little more self-sovereign, who learn to value themselves and their voice a little bit more, who learn to take a little bit better care of their personal data or their digital ownership or their digital relationships. And in some cases, who are actually learning financial skills because they're in an ecosystem that has a lot of safeguards to help protect them, has a lot of opportunities to earn, but also it forces you right off the bat to start thinking a little bit more about if I mess up and I send my money to someone, it's gone. So what do I do? How do I know that Taskmaster is Taskmaster? Well, I know his keys. I know his blog. I know if he's logged into this site with that name, he is holding the keys to that account. There are all these little things that are just inherent to using Hive that make you a stronger and more effective human in a lot of ways. And that's not Hive specific, but we do it really well. And it's why I'm in crypto. It's why I'm in blockchain. These are the things that matter to me. I want people to be more empowered. I want people to feel more strongly about taking care of themselves and the people around them and using technology to do it. And, uh, and, and Hive is the place that I just, I see it happening every single day. And it is amazing. It's amazing. Well, one thing you, you just went to the individual, which is, is very interesting, but with, with your background, 
if we can step back and, and one thing I, I want you to relate to the audience, because I, I don't think a lot of people outside the technology world think in these terms, mm. but you use the term a number of times and they don't really understand the potential impact of it. Although we just kind of said, I like that game. Well, if 150,000 other people say the same thing, you got 150,000 users. Network effect. This is something that really most people didn't talk about very much um, until social media and di the digital world, although it actually, you know, if you look at Metcalf's law and Reed's law and some of that, they started the idea with communication systems. Yes. But I don't think really, I mean, when I talk about the potentiality of high, people think there I go, going over the top off my rocker again. Oh, high's going to $100 and, you know, all this kind of bullshit that Taskmaster throws out, you know, when he, he gets on his hive high or whatever. And it is yes. a gateway drug. And, you know, I'm I'm, I'm filling up uh, six or seven times a day. I'm taking my hit in my vein, you know, direct. Um, what does the network effect do? And what do you think? the potentiality of hive i mean how do you understand network effect and what what is it and and explain to the audience how it works well the network effect is basically and it's kind of silly but i often do kind of explain this in a technical sense is exactly how blockchain itself works how do we share information to make sure it's decentralized you have an individual node it talks to another individual node. Those two nodes are connected to another individual node. It's not necessarily a linear system. It's not a mm. linear way of transferring knowledge. If I know something, everyone that is connected to me also has the ability to learn, understand, read, observe. And in that way, anyone who touches me, who comes in contact with me, or who connects to my node in some way, has the ability to see what I'm doing, and to also then pass that on to their network. It's very different than you have an arbiter of truth who gives the knowledge to the bureaucracy. The bureaucracy puts it in a nice little package and then passes it on to the end user. And what you get is a very carefully delivered set of knowledge. It's the only thing that you get. You don't learn in as much as you're spoon fed. It's not helpful. In Hive, the network effect works like that, but with everything. Anything that goes into this blockchain, yes, on a technical level, nodes are holding the ledger legitimately everywhere around the world. And every node talks to every node and the knowledge, the content, the gaming, the assets, the numbers are distributed. But Hive, and in some ways, kind of making our name a little more obvious, every user is a node. They are choosing what is the information that I am going to put into the blockchain what is the information that all of the people and products that I connect to and that are connected to me, what am I putting into the network? What am I taking out of the network? What's being shared across this vast set of connections that spreads? And Hive is amazing in that way because it is such a human blockchain. When you take away the infrastructure side of it, when you take away the things that are fussy and tedious that are really important for true decentralization, when you get out of that and you start thinking of every user on Hive and what they're doing, writing about, talking, reading, commenting, friendships, relationships, monetary transactions, whatever, all of those little connections have created this vast network. It's a big web of people. And every time somebody puts something into the blockchain, something into Hive, 
it spreads via the network effect. And what happens a lot is it's not just knowledge. It's not just money. It is somebody in Ghana is like, our village could definitely use a well. And then somebody else makes a DHF proposal and says, well, we have some we have some funds. What if we find all the other people in Ghana and we help them fund it and build it? And that spreads because how do we get a hold of people in Ghana? And how do we get enough shareholders to vote for it? And all of a sudden there's all these little nodes light up and this information gets spread out and kindness is a little more common. Let's face it, the internet's a mean place. It's real easy to be mean on the internet. It's also real easy to be mean on a truly de uh, truly decentralized and censorship resistant blockchain. We have granular ways of taking care of that. But more than a lot of places, because you are as much of an identity as you want to be, because your network effect spreads so far, there is a lot of humanity on Hive. There's a lot of kindness. There's a lot of fundraising. There's a lot of, you know, I'll just, I'll help you with this because I saw or I heard from someone else. And there is this true community on Hive. And that network effect is about community. But your network effect now is vast and limitless. Anybody in the network is part of your network effect. In the traditional sense, in today's world, it is your immediate family, people at your workplace, your friends. There's only so far your network reaches. But when we talk about a digital version of it, when we talk about Hive, you can... I, you guys are getting sick of me saying, you could do anything, but it is. And I find overall, especially the people that stay and they get to know each other and, and all of the rest, the network effect is incredibly, incredibly effective. Um, and it's something that I think is very different than a lot of other places. You can do a GoFundMe or you can, you know, make a page to raise awareness. Um, but often you have to already have that community in place to get those things going. And, and that's what Hive is. It is a giant community that is accessible to you. And, uh, and what you can spread through that community is really positive. And I, I feel like a majority of it is positive. And you can't, you can't take negatives out. There, is, there are places for constructive criticism to pass through a network that can be beneficial. There's even a place for someone really shitty to uh, you know enter a network to see how everybody else responds. So there's a lot of reasons. This is, you know, the way that this network has developed has come about for a reason, um, but it's very human. It's one of the most human blockchain technologies there is. And that to me is probably the most important thing. And, and like you said, it grows exponentially. So everything we do just keeps filtering further and further out, whether it's new apps, new comments, new posts, new individuals, new friendships. John, any questions from the peanut gallery? No, I, I, it was, yeah, peanut gallery. Yeah, no, good, good crowd. Uh, we had people watching it on Vim and, uh, and YouTube as well. So, uh, and Twitter too, Twitter's going crazy. You said it perfectly. You said it. It's it's the people's blockchain, and I've I've maintained that. Task has maintained that, and uh, it's because of people that makes this place so awesome. So, um, speaking of awesome, you get a badge because you, it's your first time here. So, I get a soulbound uh, token. We literally yeah, just yeah. talked about this. You have to come here to earn it. You ha you have to be a guest on the Maniacs to, to get the badge. You can't take it from so, me. Um, 
thank you for everything you. But you, when you, you come back again, you, you you burnt your bed. Yeah, you don't you don't get oh, you get nothing. That's one it. time thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I mean, if, if if we did, like Brian of London would have about fourteen right now because we pay for his retirement. I was gonna say you to guys need to get a badge for hanging out with Brian of London, but fifteen <laughs> times we get you a badge. <laughs> I love By the way, guess who our guest next week is? I love Brian. He'll tell you. He'll tell you that. Uh, oh, I mm, I was gonna derail the show again. And I caught myself before I did it. <laughs> we were on a sports team at High Fest. I was going to say something, something playing with balls and realize, nope, it's not too yep. bad. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> we never professed that this was a PG show. We, we never well, made we tried. that claim. You we didn't do play the bad. ground rules. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> thank you for everything you do for Hive. Um, and um, thank thanks you. for being a guest. Uh, yeah. we'll have show, you on uh, again anytime that you have it in your schedule we'd love to have you back i feel like such a jerk i never want to be like oh i can't come today i'm just so busy um but it is it's one of those things working on the on the west coast uh most of the people on our blockchain tend to be just just a little further over so more often than not my day never lines up with you know things nicely so you guys are very flexible and i very much appreciate it for sure <laughs> We'll we'll give you a lot of forewarning next time and say, okay, over the next two months, can you squeeze us in? Yeah. <laughs> and I will try not to get stuck in the Winnipeg airport sleeping on the floor oh, for six. There's oh. an adventure. No, yeah. it sucked. I hated it. It was yeah. awful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine why. Yeah, it's it's Winnipeg. Big Negative shout out 24. To Negative yeah. 24. Yeah. Thank you for coming. And uh Thanks, everyone, for listening in, and we'll see you guys on Friday. Toodles. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Cryptomaniacs podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to hanging out with you again next week. 